Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, right, welcome to the Mainstream Mouse Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaron. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be getting into the Mavericks home opener. 41-point blowout over the Memphis Grizzlies. The Mavericks had an electric home opener here at the AAC the other night. Um, Saturday night, of course. Uh, we're recording this midday on Sunday. Luka Doncic scored 21 points in the first quarter. Kind of tailed off after that, but still had... 32 points in only in less than 30 minutes of play. Um, Christian Wood had 25 points and 12 rebounds in only 25 minutes of play. And really everybody on the roster um, got a chance to really contribute in this game. Everybody who was available played in this game. And, you know, of course the Grizzlies were lacking some, some of their depth due to injuries and what have you. They were missing Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks, Jaron Jackson Jr. And of course, Danny Green, who's out with the 20 CL for the year. Um, the Mavericks were also, you know, without Faku uh, Campazo, Frank Nitlikina and Davis Bertans. We knew about Nitlikina and Davis, of course, but Faku had a um, – he had some issues with his visa before the game, so we're kind of awaiting what's going to happen there. But we think he's going to be good to go either next game or the game after. But anyhow, nonetheless, it was a very fun opener at the AAC, and it was a great way for the Mavericks to bounce back after a really heartbreaking loss to the Suns on opening night um, last Wednesday when they played in Phoenix is a great way for the Mavericks to really, you know, put, um, put their foot in the door um, with a huge blowout win to open the uh, season up at home, basically. Um, But before we go ahead and get into the actual game real quick, here's an ad from our sponsor anchor. All right. So getting into it, Jaron, we were at the game last night, actually, and I just want you to take me, through the game, I guess, sequentially here before we actually get into like the individual players and how they play and what have you. Um, so the Mavericks in the first quarter, Luca comes out, just, you know, storming off the gates. It's just draining step back three after step back three is getting to the rim at will has 21 points in the first quarter. Um, you know, obviously this is a more of a depleted Grizzlies starting lineup that the Mavericks are playing against here, but what were your, takeaways in that first quarter from the um from the game yeah no so like getting into it uh I mean just showing up to the arena like the, it just kind of felt it felt like a, a a game hadn't been there in a while and clearly I mean there wasn't um but yeah I mean like the arena was electric all night long um really you know I think anytime Luca got the ball in his hands in that first quarter it pretty much was everybody was up on their feet waiting for something to happen and it seems like every time that happened, there there was something that did happen, um, at least in that first quarter. But I think from like really the first quarter on up, like everybody kind of knew what we were in for. Uh, and I'm not going to lie. Like, I think that in terms of that game, like what we can see in the future, like I, I think that game tells a lot. And again, I mean, like the Grizzlies were on the second night of a back to back. But I don't know, like even if the Grizzlies were full health, and not on a second night of a back-to-back. Like, I really think that Mavericks team still would have won by 20 points. Uh, I mean, just the way they played. Uh, honestly, that's some of the best basketball I've ever seen the Mavericks play in person, at least. But, 
you know, just in terms of atmosphere and everything, like it, it was just amazing. And I like that was a really fun home opener, and that was a, a good way to open up the season with that horrible loss to Phoenix, the, pre- the previous game. No, yeah, I completely concur. Um, just talk about, I guess, specifically like Luca's run in that first quarter. Um, what sort of actions were you seeing from the Mavericks? Um, and just talk about his explosiveness, like the way he was, you know, just kind of like getting to the rim at will kind of seemed like he was just like toying with the Grizzlies at points there. Yeah. So, I mean, it kind of seemed like the only two guys that were ever guarding Luca were two rookies and Jake LaRavia and David Roddy. And anytime Luca got, anytime David was either on him or LaRavia was on him. Desmond Bain on him. Uh, yeah. And it, I think, I, I don't know what switched in the game plan there, but yeah, like David Roddy came in, he was the first guy to come in for the Grizzlies. Yeah. He was, he was their sixth man to come in, but he seemed like, yeah. yeah, I guess it was for contrary, yeah, but he seemed like he was really the main guy defending Luca the whole entire game. Yeah. Um, but I mean, in Luca's shoes, like it seemed like any time like either Laravia, heck, even Bain and uh Roddy were checked onto him, it just kind of seemed like he just kind of shrugged it off and he was like, Okay, like y'all gonna put this guy on me. Like it almost seemed as if he was offended whenever uh those three guys were offended on him or uh, defending on him. Um but yeah, I mean, just speaking to, you know, how the way, how Luca got his points, uh, I mean, first off, he didn't miss from three at all. Uh, but, you know, just speaking to getting down low, you know, it was these high pick and rolls where you're expecting either a lob um, or, you know, Luca going to the hole. And most of the time it was Luca going to the hole. And not just that, but he was active on the offensive boards. I know there was one uh, highlight where he specifically got, I think it was like a Dinwiddie or Dorian three where he grabbed the board uh, like right under the basket and just put it up over like Steven Adams. Uh, I think Brandon Clark may have been checked in already. And then David Roddy and shit like stuff like that. Um, and, I mean, those are three bigger defenders and he just kind of put it up and he got fouled and he got to the foul line and made the end one. Um, it was just a lot of those kind of points where he was just getting down low at ease using his strength um he would do a little shifty move here and there and he'd just get to the hoop and score no yeah I mean it goes to show that his conditioning and his speed and his strength is really where we projected it to be um when we had been talking endless endlessly all summer about oh you know is Luca is this finally the year he comes into like you know semi really good shape is he gonna you know is he gonna project more like his 2019 uh 2020 self and so far this season, it seems like he is. He's on he's on the early track to an MVP campaign. I mean, he's averaging 33 and a half points through two games. So, I mean, I don't know what really else you want to ask from this guy. Yeah, he's yeah. on a tangent right now, it, you know, just like, it, I mean, and keep in mind, he had 32 points in less than 30 minutes and seven assists and seven rebounds. I mean, his usage, usage rate, you know, is – Obviously, at an all-time high, but uh, Christian Wood also has a 35% usage rate. So of course, it is only through two games, but I just wanted you to speak on him a little bit in terms of just the load he's might be able to take off of Luca and what we were even, you know, I thought we saw a little more of them working in tandem with each other last night. Uh, what did you see with Luca and Christian Wood? And there were some really exciting um, alley-oops between the two and just the sort of uh, dynamism that they played with together yeah, so, especially in the pick and roll and um when they got out running in transition together no yeah uh I mean I know one in particular I think 
I, I know that this is a highlight that they put on the Mavs Instagram page where Luca gets a block on Steven Adams, I believe, and then just goes out to the races. And it, I think, I believe it was still a pick and roll, or maybe he just did a dribble move up top, got in the paint and just kind of threw it up for Christian Wood and Christian Wood jumped like two feet above the rim and threw it down. Um, but I mean, I think we're going to see a lot of that all season, but just speaking to this game and what we've seen the last two games, like it seems like Christian Wood is going to take a huge load offensively and I'm gonna say here I think I think he's bought in defensively so far he he played pretty good defense last night um I, I think he's gonna buy into both sides of the ball and I think he's gonna take a huge load off this team uh whether it's off the bench or starting but to speaking to Christian Wood I mean just the the aspect that he got his points it wasn't just three pointers he he got to the foul line 14 times uh yeah 14 times this game and I believe it was 10 times the previous game and that's two double digits double digit free throw attempts in two games. And I'm not saying that's going to happen all 82 games, but just the aspect that he's getting to the foul line uh, looks like he's going to start making his free throws. He shot 86% or a little less than 86% um, from the free throw line last night. But, um, you know, just getting down low, getting his shots in uh, a lot of and ones through him and a lot of offensive rebounds. I think he had four uh, offensive rebounds, but they were like, like they're, they're good offensive rebounds. Um, He's going to be a double-double machine, and I, I think he's going to take a huge load off of McGee, off of uh, Maxi. I mean, I wouldn't say Dwight, but uh, just off of this, like, big man rotation, he's going to take a huge load off, of, load off of everybody in that aspect. Yeah, no, most definitely. I mean, Christian Wood crashes the boards hard. He's not just getting these sort of, like, complimentary rebounds that, you know, oh, I mean, he's, you know, like, it's just like a three-pointer that clanks off and the other team's already running back. Like, no, he's getting, like, really hard rebounds. And I think that because he, you know, has had this label attached to him that he's not as good of a defender throughout his career, um, that probably, you know, kind of goes hand in hand with, you know, oh, he probably doesn't crash the boards that hard. I mean, you know, the numbers speak for itself. But, you know, to actually see it live um, yeah. is something else. Um, he crashes the boards really hard. Um, offensively and defensively. I mean, he's, you know, he created a lot of opportunities for the Mavericks last night, um, just getting I, extra possessions. Yeah, the Mavericks was had really key. The Mavericks had 27 second chance points last night. So, all right, that's insane. Yeah, I, mean, that was uh, I believe they created a lot by Luca, Christian Wood, and JaVale. Just those yeah, the, that was really the big. I think Dorian may have had. Yeah, um, yeah Dorian's also. Yeah, he had I mean, five. And Josh Green, of course. Like this Mavericks team is low key, like. One and Maxi, Maxi, yeah, one of the better offensive rebounding teams in the league. If you just look like personnel wise, um, yeah, I mean so that's always helpful. Like you know, I think that's the thing that always gets discounted because, um, especially on like off shooting nights, that can really be helpful to a, a given team. You know, and I mean this Mavericks team isn't a team that I feel like is like I don't really ever feel like most Mavericks teams ever lack effort or we have to question their how hard they're trying because. You know, there were a couple times there were certain players under the Rick Carlisle regime where we had those questions. But, you know, over the last few years with the Mavericks, you know, I haven't really had any sort of issues with any players on the team um, regarding that, you know, barring maybe Chris Stapps a couple times. Yeah. So um, that's obviously very exciting. Um, I guess just going back to looking at the game um, quarter by quarter, um, the Mavericks, you know, blew open the first quarter. The Grizzly, Grizzlies, of course, coming off the second night of a back-to-back. -back, they played Houston the night before, so 
you know, you could tell that they had a little bit of dead legs, especially on their jump shots. They just didn't look like they were near as ex- nearly as explosive as the night before. And of course, Jaw had 49 points against the Rockets, you know, playing absolutely balls to the wall. So, you know, he was getting to the rim and, you know, seeing him in person, the way he's able to get into the lane, um, going one direction and then just straight, you know, like go like vertically straight up, jump straight up and, you know, get a shot over a defender. He really, um, you can see how he like really manipulates centers because at points in that first quarter, DeVille McGee was getting like toasted in drop coverage, trying to guard, trying to guard draw a uh, jaw. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just really um, cool to see him play live, of course, too. I'd never seen jaw play live before. Um, but, you know, you could tell as the game went on that, he was obviously a bit dead, you know, just having played the night before and everything, you know, I don't know how much he was trying to expel. I mean, how much energy he was expelling, you know, you know, obviously it was a blowout to a certain point, but um, you know, he obviously wasn't getting much help from the Grizzlies shooters. The Grizzlies had a really rough shooting night. They went nine for 33 on threes. Um, That's 27.3% for those of you at home. So, you know, they obviously, you could tell that they had dead legs, like Jake LaRavia airballed like two threes. Um, but at the same time, you know, more power to the Mavericks for not settling and not getting uh, advantage taken out of them, just from the standpoint that, you know, it's the second night of a back-to-back, it's easier to come out there and roll over a little bit, be like, all right, you know, we can probably easily beat these guys, you know, just given their situation. But the Mavericks really put their foot on the gas in that home opener. Um, so, you know, we get to the – what do you uh so you know after the first quarter um i mean i really don't know a better summation for the whole first half you know other than like really just everybody was in sync with each other um, yeah no everybody really wasn't feel like anybody played bad do you want to just go i guess like player by player and talk about how everybody played i guess yeah sure yeah uh i mean like everybody was in sync everybody did their job um like, I think maybe the only lackluster player of that first half may have been Tim Hardaway Jr. Yeah, uh, he, and really, he's having a rough shooting. Yeah, really all night, for that matter, other than garbage time. Yeah, and um, time he started making some free throws, but barring that, he was having a, another rough shooting night for Tim. Yeah, so, like, really, bearing that, being a Tim Hardaway Jr., it kind of seemed like down the line, everybody played amazing in that first half. Reggie, um, he only had to play – 24 minutes and Dorian only had played 27 minutes like these are kind of guys yeah these are guys that we're gonna see play 35 north of 35 minutes probably every game uh in close games yeah in close games yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. um and you know to kind of get a load off these guys I I think that's amazing for this team JaVale only had to play 13 minutes and he had a, a big um a big quarter in what he did in that first quarter other than of course getting kind of torched and drop coverage uh, with John Stephen Adams that handful of times, but really the first and second quarter, he had played really good. He didn't really need to check in after that, and um, he shot seventy five percent from the yeah, field. Yeah, Javale had that one chase down block that was pretty blatantly yeah. a goal ten, but it was still really cool. He did have two pick and roll dunks with uh, yes, Luka. no, he had two pick and roll lobs with Luca. Lu- yeah, yeah. His other bucket was like a uh, putback layup after an offensive rebound. He had six rebounds in only thirteen minutes. Yeah, so like um, I, I, I don't think we can um, two blocks. Like, I mean, I, I, and he had like one really good block on Jaw, uh, where Jaw was trying to you know contort midair, and Javale was just able to stay vertical and 
keep his presence there and he was able to deflect it out of bounds. So, I mean, I, I this is why I was telling people to not overreact to JaVale in game one because um, you can see his effectiveness here. I mean, JaVale is not a godsend. He's not an all-star center by any means, but, you know, he's going to do what the Mavericks ask him to do. Sure, every once in a while he'll get the errant hook shot or the, you know, um, the clown McGee, whatever you want to call it from his old days. But, you know, the good definitely outweighs the bad. So, you know, you'll have to live with it a little bit. You know, he's a solid veteran center who instills, you know, really good locker room presence for this team, given his championship experience. And, I mean, he still has game to him. He's a really good, you know, he's a really good paint protector and rebounder. I mean, there's nothing much more to it. He's steady. He's really athletic for his age. And I think last night was very emblematic of that. He played a very solid game last night, in my opinion, even though it was just 13 minutes. Exactly. Like he played, I don't have anything to negative, anything negative to say outside of maybe one or two defensive possessions uh, in that high pick and roll scenario. But I think as the season goes, uh, that'll become something of the past for JaVale and really the, everybody on this Mavericks roster. Yeah, um, speaking, yeah, like speaking for Spencer Dinwiddie, he honestly played pretty good last night. Um, yeah, three another, like three. very, uh, I mean, both of his last two games, I thought have been really consistent. Like, you know, nothing, no crazy like Spencer 30-point games or anything, but he's, you know, he's not playing bad. He's not playing, you know, all-star level by any means, but roughly what we expected, I guess. And, um, I mean, that that's that makes me happy to see because there were obviously questions about his consistency going into the season, especially after, like, two lackluster preseason games, but – his three balls are actually like, I mean, just I know it's, it's looking games, good, but it's looked it's looked really good. He went three for five last night, six for thirteen. He's looked pretty assertive in terms of getting to the basket. Um, he had a couple like really nice layups that he was able to squeak in last night that I was really surprised because you know he's his big thing is Spencer comes off screens either really hard or really lackadaisical. There's no in between. He's either you know he gets a screen and you know he's still analyzing and reading the defense and, you know, he's going to pass the ball back out or he's going to, you know, step back into a step back three or he's go, you know, no dribble moves or anything. He's going straight to the rim line drive. A lot of the time he'll even, he tends to finish with his right hand, like on yeah. every single, no matter what side of the basket he's on. Cause he's just going so fast. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, just the consistency from him last night. Um, two games in a row where he played, you know, relatively, I would say, just as good in this game as he did the Suns game um, was really good to see. I mean, obviously, Spencer's not a marquee defender or anything like that. Um, you know, that's not really his calling card. He, you know, obviously at times, even last night, you know, even against bad teams, you can see where he gets got caught, gets caught off guard on defense. Um, you know, he'll lose a guy, things like that. But you know, his offensive creation that he provides, if it's at this level, you know, it may not be that, you know, ideal second playmaker that you want next to Luca or ideal shot creator, but it's definitely a really good complimentary piece and definitely helps relieve some of the pressure from Luca, you know, until you can find that guy that can, you know, come into the lineup and really be that distinguished number two um, secondary ball handler shot creator. But, you know, he's, you know, if, especially if Spencer was like moved into that third slot, I mean, obviously, I mean, he'd probably be in contention for 
six man of the year. Um, yeah. Although, you know, I obviously want to get back to Christian Wood here in a second because I think that there's some validity to the fact that do the Mavericks even need to get a, another shot creator or ball handler with Christian Wood's, um, you know, I guess a surgence here. It's obviously only been two games, but he's played really, really well. 25 points, 12 rebounds, 12 for 14 on free throws last night after going three for 10 in the first game. You know, I obviously wanted to circle back to him coming off the bench in only 25 minutes. Um, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of fans are already talking extension talk for Christian Wood, already, you know, trying to elevate him to that starting lineup, which I really love. I, I love the optimism and, you know, I'm all on board with those, those agendas. You know, I, I think Christian Wood, you know, if he keeps up this pace, like, I don't know how much longer the Mavericks can hold him out of the starting lineup, especially with his passing ability. I mean, that's just another, uh, you know, dynamic layer to this Mavericks offense that we just haven't seen. I mean, there's so much time where the Mavericks will get the ball to Christian Wood in the short roll where he'll be able to, um, you know, really make, make the right read afterwards. Not He's not just looking to score on every single opportunity. It's He's like the complete antithesis of Chris Stapps Perlingus in that sense. You know, if Chris Stapps had like a ounce of daylight and he didn't feel like he had enough shots up in this game in X, Y, or Z game or whatever, he's chucking it. But Christian Wood, on the other hand, like he's always making the right read. And it's, it's looking to be more beneficial for both himself in terms of his scoring ability and his teammates. I mean, I know he only had three assists last night. I don't know if it's necessarily, you know, about him being a high assist guy as much as he's just a really good, like, um, I wouldn't want to say like secondary playmaker, but I guess like second level playmaker, you know, in that short roll action um, where he's catching the ball on the move typically or on the wing and needing to make something out of it. So what did you get out of his total game last night? I honestly thought he had played better in this game than he did in the first game, even though, you know, numbers aren't really too far off, you know, from each other. But, I mean, this was a really complete game, and this made me really excited for his fit with Luca. Yeah, no, so, like, really, honestly, I, I thought I saw better scoring from Christian Wood throughout this game. Uh, I mean, it wasn't just three-point shots. That's the thing, is he he got to the hoop, uh, made these shots, and made the foul shots getting to the um, getting to the line. Um, I, I kind of want to speak about this, like, second unit where Spencer's kind of expected to lead the second unit. Like, truthfully, I mean – I don't know what you saw, but I didn't see anything too negative out of the second unit. You know, it wasn't as amazing as that first game where, you know, you balloon the lead to 20 points. Um, but really, like, I, I thought I liked what I saw out of the second unit, you know, with Christian Wood, with Spencer Dinwiddie. I know you spoke about Christian Wood's sort of second level playmaking in a sense. Uh, I, I really liked what I saw out of him. And really, the, the three assists, I don't think does him justice. I think if you're really looking at that in numbers, like, the assist that he had looked really, really impressive, whether it was kick out threes or driving to the hoop and then kicking out, like they, they looked like impressive passes and he made the impressive reads offensively, like getting to the hoop and just passing the ball. Um, and, and I, I really like what I saw out of the Christian Wood. I think like you were saying, he had a much better game in my opinion. And that's not to say he had a bad game at all in the first game. Cause he had a really good game. Um, but I thought I just saw a much more complete game defensively and offensively uh, passing the ball uh, I, I, I shooting the free throw, I guess you can say too. Like Christian Wood played really, really good, and uh, I'm I can't help but get excited for what we could see for eighty more games at least. 
No, yeah. I mean, even going back to what you talked about with Christian Wood defensively, I thought both him and Luca, honestly, had yeah, and Luca, yeah, defensive game. I don't think that's being talked about enough. Yeah, no, I would definitely concur. Um, Luca, Luca is just really using his body well to be able to just sort of throw guys off guard, um, staying in front of guys just purely like with his strength. I mean, obviously, he looks like more quicker and mobile at this juncture in the year than he has in previous years at this time of the year. But, I mean, he had two steals and, let's see, two steals and two blocks last night. Yeah. I mean, you know, just being able to, like, throw himself around. He's not taking as much gambles, I think. You know, I'm not saying Luka is by any means some sort of all-NBA defensive guy, but I think that this might be the year where he finally starts to paint paint the picture to the national media that – he actually is not just a terrible defensive player. I mean, I think Mavs fans in our circle, of course, know that, you know, if you take both Luca's good and bad defensive games together, he, you know, typically like last year, I would say average out to about an average defender. But this year, um, I mean, I think he's trending in that like slightly above average um, direction, like, you know, kind of like maybe on a Bojan Bogdanovich type level in terms of his defense. I know Bogdanovich's defensive rating numbers are really bad but you know earnestly he's really actually not that bad of a defender so um, what does Luka Doncic and Christian Wood being good on defense or at least like above average what could that potentially mean for this Mavericks team yeah no I mean I think the defense of aspect at least is pretty given in that starting lineup with Reggie Bullock Dorian Finney-Smith and uh even I thought both played way better defensive games last night than they did in the Phoenix game both of them Seems a lot more crisper on rotations. I thought the Mavericks as a whole, their team defense last night was really emblematic of yeah. how their team defense was down the stretch of um, the last half of last season when they were able to become a top 10 defense. Um, you know, obviously Reggie and Dorian looked really good individually, as did Josh Green. Um, but, you know, just everybody included, I thought um, the rotations looked really good. The Mavericks were getting in interfering within passing lanes. They were causing the Grizzlies a lot of havoc. You know, some of the Grizzlies turnovers, especially at the beginning of the game, were really sloppy and sort of self-induced, especially it was like one miscue where I think John Conchar just like basically threw the ball out of bounds on accident. There was like a couple of plays like that. The Grizzlies did have 17 uh, turnovers last night. But, I mean, I feel I feel like at least like 10 to 11 of those Mavericks like actually forced. Um, so, you know, I thought Reggie and Dorian looked a lot better defensively than they did in that first game, as I expected. Um but yeah, I mean, just so obviously, I thought the team defense last night as a whole was good. You know, um, can you attribute that to the Grizzlies being on the second night of a back-to-back? Sure, um, to an extent. But you know, nonetheless, I thought it was really good. I thought even Maxi played really good individual defense last night, um, contrary to that Suns game. So yeah, just going back to Luca and Christian Wood, if they could be above-average defenders, what would that mean for this Mavericks team um, on a consistent basis? You know, maybe they can't do that every night because the offensive energy that they're expelling, you know, above, both above 30% usage rates for both of these guys um, at, up to, into this point in the season. Obviously, it's only been two games, but, you know, these are obvious, these are guys that are carrying a big workload for the Mavericks on offense. So if they could just at least be, you know, consistently above average on defense, what would that mean for the Mavericks? Yeah, no, I, I think we saw that last night. Um, yeah, I mean, given, like you said, they were on a second out of a back-to-back, but really, like, I think it's kind of emblematic of what we've seen this season, given through ten, uh, two games, but the Mavericks have only allowed 101 
uh, or 101 and a half points uh, per game through these two teams uh, that I think respectively are probably really good offensive teams. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, Phoenix isn't as good as uh, Memphis, but like, I, I think that it kind of bodes well just throughout the season progressively, progressively, like, what are we going to see through this defense? If you can have a defensive presence off the bench with your two quote unquote stars, uh, one being Christian Wood, like I, I think that, you know, as the season goes along, like this could really, really bode well going into the playoffs and really for that matter, winning these big games against Phoenix, against the Clippers, against these good teams in the NBA. Like I, I think that that having that bench presence uh, or I guess defensive presence with your two guys like I think that really bodes well and especially Luka Doncic you know he's always been the guy that probably got picked on out of that starting five uh historically and you know to add just even I mean a defensive presence with him like that 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 goes well uh that's very huge for what you can do and then Christian Wood buying in you know he's clearly coming off the bench right now I don't know what his role is going to look like in the future but coming off the bench you know he's his offensive game is there what can his defense game be like, be looking like? And I think his that, offensive game is there and then some. It's yeah, and then yeah, and then some we're yeah. expecting so far. Yeah, no, and then some. And then um, I mean his defensive game, I think hasn't been I, I think in the Suns game it was decent. And I think tonight or last night it was honestly honestly really good. Uh and if we could get an average of just those two guys buying in, I think that this team could progress really, really far as the playoffs come near. Yeah, I mean, there was one time where I believe Christian Wood was, like, picking up, was it Tyus Jones as he brought the ball up the court? Um, you know, this guy does have, with his foot speed and his mobility and his lateral quickness, he has the ability, as I've hammered on this podcast, to be able to guard guys on the perimeter, um, you know, particularly, like, your threes and fours of the world. My hesitancy with him is, like, as a rim protector, as a, you know, defending as a five, I just don't know if he has energy to expel you know, to be able to just bang constantly and having to, you know, defend the best players at that position on a nightly basis. Um, but, you know, I, I honestly think that, you know, if there is ever a time that he's inserted into the starting lineup, I could see JaVale McGee still playing in that starting lineup as, you know, the Mavericks had promised him over the offseason and Christian Wood sliding in right next to him and maybe one of Dinwiddie or Reggie coming out, you know, whatever the case may be. If you're forced, if your hand is forced, because, Christian Wood continues to just, you know, play like this where his offense is so irrefutable in terms of how good it is that you just can't keep him on the bench anymore, which if he keeps playing like this is going to be the case in 10, 15 games, I would presume. Then, you know, I don't really know how much you're giving up defensively so long as you, you know, you still make JaVale that rim protector because in a lot of these bench lineups where Christian Wood has been most effective, Maxi has been playing the five on defense and he's been this sort of like switchable five. I mean, you know, Wood has had to play the five at, you know, points where he's, you know, been the lone big in the lineup, but particularly when he's with Maxi, I think that gives the Mavs like the most dy dynamism in terms of their off the bench defensive lineups. Cause you know, you have, you know, if you, if you're keeping one of Dorian or Reggie out there with Josh Green and Maxi, I mean, you know, you still you have a defender at each layer, you know, whether you're talking um, guards, wings and big men at that point. Um, so I think that those lineups for that reason have been, have been have actually looked really good, in my opinion. And I thought when they went with Maxi and Wood out there last night together in that fourth in that third quarter, from what I can uh, recollect, um, it honestly 
looked like pretty stable in terms of their ability to, you know, switch um, at the back line and just their ability to pick up guys. Cause I think Maxi can, you know, he's a sort of like a hole filler, like he'll do whatever Christian Wood is not doing on defense essentially. And yeah. just having yeah. this, and they're, they're both fairly mobile bigs. I I've honestly really came to enjoy the, that lineup so far. No, I, I completely agree. Um, do we want to do a little segment? I hate to pour salt in his wound, but I mean, do we want to do a little segment on Dave Verratti? Yeah, yeah, we can. We I was just gonna say we should get more into the Grizzlies, um, just in terms of how they played this game. Um, so yeah, if we're just backtracking a little bit, obviously the Grizzlies, you know, we can put every excuse in the book in terms of them being on a second night of a back to back, and what have you. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from the Mavericks in this game. They you know, came out and literally dropped almost 140 points and forced the Grizzlies to have under 100 points. Like, yeah, like, you know, the Grizzlies were on a second night of back-to-back and they were depleted injury-wise in this game. Um, There weren't really too many positives for them in this game. So we talked about Jaw already. He seemed like, you know, he was the lone guy who was even contributing anything positively. But you could tell, I mean, even his hand was forced at times. He was it seemed like he was just having to try to do everything for them at points in that game. Um, like he'd split a double team and just try to contort his body and the weirdest of fashions, just like take a hard pounding to the floor only to, you know, get two free throws or like, you know, not even get a foul call. Like it, it seemed like he was really just putting everything in the tank for them. But, you know, obviously he wasn't met with too much help because of the fact that the Grizzlies were, you know, they had some dead legs. They weren't, they weren't firing away like they were in the night, like they were against Houston the night before, even though they barely did beat the Rockets. Um, it's kind of actually funny, but in just looking at some of these guys across the board, I mean, Desmond Bain continues his early season struggles four for 11 with, he went two for five from three. Um, I thought, you know, he played, Typical Desmond Bain defensive game, despite his T-Rex arms, you know, outside of Luca, who's really dominating anybody. Uh, I still thought Desmond Bain played a pretty solid defensive game. You know, he, he did decent when he was switched on to Dinwiddie and some of our other guards and wings, but, you know, Luca was cooking anybody in sight. So he, and he was no exception. Uh, I would do, I do want to preface that, um, you know, outside of that, he had 14 points though, went four for four from the line. Um, David Roddy had a lot of garbage time buckets. He's the Grizzlies most recent first round picks. He kind of honestly looks like a mix between Dylan Brooks and, um, Kenneth Lofton Jr. Like he's like a, he's like a mix between the two in terms of his body type and his size and everything. He's a, he's a bigger guy. Um, even probably weighs a little more than Luca even. And he, uh, Luca, Let's just say Luca used his quickness to his, his advantage on him. David Roddy finished with a minus um, yes, uh, yeah he used he finished with a minus thirty six in the in twenty three minutes in twenty three minutes. You know I know individual plus minus isn't everything, but he had the worst plus minus between anybody on both of these um, squads tonight. So I think that's a, that's indicative in terms of how hard he was getting cooked to an extent. You know it wasn't even just Luca. It felt like anybody he got switched on to. He was getting cooked on defense. And I mean, I mean, he has good strength. Um, he's a bigger guy. 
Um, it, it more so just seemed like a product of him not being able to, you know, match the foot speed. So I, I think for him, a big thing is going to be um, just maybe slimming down a little, uh, working on his lateral quickness. But I mean, I can see, you know, the potential there. He had some some bully buckets in that fourth quarter where he definitely dogged on um, some of the Mavericks. Dwight Powell. Uh, third unit. Yeah, yeah. He bullied Dwight Powell a little bit, as did Kenneth Lofton Jr. when he came in. <laughs> Um, but yeah, besides that, there was nobody on the Grizzlies who was really like an X factor in this game when you're, I mean, Tyus Jones had a decent game, like came in, scored 10 points, had five assists. Um, he ran the second unit for the Grizzlies pretty solidly looked like that solid, you know, secondary playmaker that they have behind jaw. Um, Steven Adams didn't really do much of anything. He had four blocks, but I think three of those were accredited to the fact that he was just like pushing guys because I don't recall him blocking maybe more than like one actual shot. Um, but yeah, he only had two points and four rebounds in 22 minutes. Um, yeah, after he had like a ton of rebounds in the first game, the Mavericks really, that's what I was going back to the point of the Mavericks really crashing the board hard. I mean, you look at JaVale had six rebounds in only 13 minutes, Luca seven rebounds in 30 minutes, Christian Wood, 12 rebounds in 25 minutes. And, you know, even Maxi came away with eight boards in this game. Like the Mavericks were getting after on, on the uh, on the glass, so that was a mild concern that we had. But it seems like that came to be no issue after seeing this game here. But yeah, I mean, besides that, nobody really stuck out from the Grizzlies. Conchar made like one three. Santi Aldama made a three. Had a like honestly, like just throughout the game, I think the best looking guy was like, and this says a lot, was probably Brandon Clark. Um, yeah, I mean, the, Brandon Clark and his Grizzlies. little push shot, his little push shot in the short roll that seems to be like perpetually effective. He had the best plus minus on the Grizzlies with the minus two. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, he played a typical Brandon Clark game, but he didn't really get enough minutes to tap yeah, into his bag or anything. But yeah, had... uh, at this point, I don't think anybody who you put in, even if you put in um, uh, Dylan Brooks, I don't think anybody could have made a difference there. No, yeah, they, they the whole roster just like drained to an extent. Like it, it kind of looked like a shell of the Grizzlies, if that makes any sense. Like they didn't play. I don't like they. They just seemed like there was no sort of like energy with them throughout the whole game. Like they, like I said, like Jacob Laravia even airballed a couple threes. Like they just seemed like really dead. They like I, did. Didn't you just feel like like just the energy in terms of like their bench and everything like they were very unenthusiastic no, they're like yeah very dead and i i know i think they were they called either three or four timeouts in that first quarter but this is kind of you know being at the game you see this kind of stuff and I, I don't know how much to take from it uh i don't know if there's like some sort of like player coach type thing within this like locker room for the grizzlies but it kind of seemed like anytime there was a timeout called the coaches for the memphis grizzlies would all huddle up at like the free throw line and they would all huddle up and just talk for the two minutes that there was a timeout while everybody just kind of sat in on the bench and it didn't even look like there was any talking going on. So I guess that kind of speaks to like the energy level. I don't know if that's because it was a second night of a back-to-back or if this is some sort of leadership thing that the Grizzlies are expecting, but I like, that's kind of one thing I took away just from, you know, what maybe the Grizzlies might be having for the season or just energy level throughout the game. But I thought that was pretty weird to me. Yeah, no, I, I would definitely agree that I didn't even really notice that now. But now that you brought it up, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, um, they just seem very bogged down. But, you know, 
I guess you can't blame too much given it's the second night of a back-to-back. But Yeah, like they, they played is. three games in the last four days. Yeah, but the Mavericks, they came in, took care of business, and that's all you can ask for in a game like this. Exactly. You know, even though it was the home opener. It was like a weird home opener in that sense. You know, you're expecting this big, like, penultimate um, meeting between Luca and Jaw, you know, 40-point games from everybody. No, but, you know, it was just kind of like the Grizzlies just kind of rolled over. Like, they just got out of bed and were like, hey, like – we got a basketball game today. Yeah, we got a basketball game to play. Like, y'all go ahead and take it if you want. So, like, I remember talking about this game in August whenever the schedules kind of came out, and I circled this game and I was like, okay, this is <clears throat> this is possibly an early playoff match. Yes, but you know, at the same time, I guess we really didn't take into account that you know Zaire Williams, Dylan Brooks would be out. I mean, we knew Jaron Jackson Jr. would be out, but you know, I think if the Grizzlies have both of those guys, this becomes a little more of an intriguing game. But we also didn't know that they were on a second out of a back to back. Yeah, like we didn't um, look at their schedule. We didn't look. We didn't look that far in advance, of course. Um, but yeah, besides that, um, Xavier Tillman had some good garbage time buckets. He ha- he has a new haircut. Uh, <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. It's a, it's decent, I guess. Um, but uh, I don't know. It, there there really weren't like I honestly thought everybody on the Grizzlies played pretty poorly outside of I guess Jaw and Brandon Clark for the most part. In terms yeah. of the guys that got significant minutes, I um, I, I concur. Yeah, and obviously uh, Kenneth like, Lofton. The Kenneth Lofton Junior minutes were fun though. Yeah, they were uh, fun. I will admit. Unfortunately, Dwight Dwight Powell got his first minutes of the season. He he came in during garbage time when the Mavericks. The Mavericks did take a while to put everybody in in garbage time. Like they didn't go to the garbage time lineup till about six minutes left in the uh, third quarter. I mean, in the fourth quarter. But the Mavericks. I mean, they were like really persistent throughout this game. They they kept the lead like the whole entire time. I mean, the Grizzlies zero lead the Grizzlies did actually play like really good offensively in the third quarter. They were, that's when they finally started to like actually drain some of their threes, but both them and the Mavericks both scored 35 in that third quarter. So we didn't see any of the third quarter woes from the Mavericks. Like we did in that Suns game. Like they kept up with the Grizzlies, you know, as long as they were able to maintain then they just ran away with it in the fourth. That's all you can ask for. Exactly. Um, so, I mean, that's what I really enjoyed about this game is the Mavericks didn't just, there were no like, you know, obviously it's a game of runs, but the Mavericks didn't allow the Grizzlies any significant runs in this game. Uh, they didn't no, really no, allow no. them any any opportunities whatsoever to um, even get like a puncher's chance to get back in the game. Yeah, uh, without they, a doubt, they basically led um, led the game. Start from to finish. Game, yeah, from start to finish for the most part. Yeah, so. some I got some little tidbits I took away from this game. Uh, through two games, Luca has scored sixty-seven points total, uh, and then. I think that this kind of went over everybody's head, but Luca recorded his 7,000th career point in that game. Yes, he did. And I mean, just pointing back, because it all, it seems like like we don't bring up Luca till the end of the podcast, because, you know, it's just a certain level like a, of consistency that we see from him. Like he does this every time. So, you know, like how much more can we say about him? But I mean, his performance was insane today. And I don't know, I'm really intrigued to see the Spain pick and roll that the Mavericks are about to run this year, um, you know, where you have um, essentially like a big man in Christian Wood come up and give a screen. And then you have somebody screen his man, which just um, allows so much more like, you know, multi-dimensional options in terms of the, like where you can go with the ball at that point, you know, if Christian Wood flares out, um, you know, you can hit that guy who says screen on him. If his guy dips, I mean, there's just so much 
you know, I'm not, this is a very like bad breakdown because I don't have like <laughs> a way to like visually visualize it right in front of me at all right now. But um, I, I really thought that the Spain pick and roll, we saw a lot from the Mavericks last night and we saw the Mavericks um, draw a jaw into the back, uh, into the pick and roll using Spencer as a screener at times, which I thought um, was really indicative just in terms of the Mavericks matchup hunting, um, being able to pick guys out on offense. That's something that I feel like Jason Kidd does a little more than Rick Carlisle. I thought Rick would kind of try to, he was more of a adjusting to whatever the other team was doing type coach versus like Jason Kidd. I feel like he establishes his ground. He's like, you know, we're going to play this way and you guys are going to have to follow. And I mean, I think some of the offensive sets that they're running here that they continually, you know, run game after game. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't want to go away from something that keeps working, but you know, you're going to continue to see Spain pick and roll with Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, you know, every single game. That's not something the Mavericks are just going to shy away from or they're going to hide till playoff time as we had to remember when Rick would do that. Yeah, he would um, do. Yeah. Yeah. Like he'd hide certain things, you know, particularly with like Luca and Chris steps till playoff time. Like, you know, the Mavericks are going to, you know, run their Spain pick and roll. They're going to use um, guards basically as decoy screeners to get uh, preferable switches. They're, they're going to play their offensive game and other teams are going to have to match it. And yeah, I think that, that's been something that's uh, really indicative throughout these first two games. Yeah, I mean, one thing bringing up that kind of like matchup uh, topic that you just talked about, I, I saw multiple times last night where Spencer Dinwiddie would come up and he'd be the high pick and roll screen guy. And just to get the other Desmond Bain or whoever it was, just to get him switched on to Luca, and we'd see Luca cook them, whether with a speed or a strength or whatever it may be. But I saw multiple times last night uh, where, yeah, like the smaller guys would come up and would pick that uh they'd set the screen and then it'd be a good switch for Luca no exactly and um no I mean it's really exciting to watch I love uh seeing the Mavericks from those sort of actions anything else um from last night's game that you wanted to uh go off of I guess no, I mean honestly, during garbage time what did you what did you think during garbage time when everybody got subbed in around that six minute mark in the fourth quarter yeah I mean Tyler Dorsey looks pretty good I liked what I saw. Yeah, four for four, nine points. Yeah. Uh, one of those three-pointers is rolled a two-pointer, and that's why oh, I feel 41. Yeah, the, the initial score should be 138 to 96. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But oh, man. I, I liked what I saw to McKinley, right? I mean, he just kind of threw up some shots, but I, I liked what I saw. I like him taking shots. Jane Hardy, I, it was kind of a process. Um, and unfortunately, we, we, we wanted him to, to score. Yeah we, yeah, we wanted him to see. Yeah. Honestly, like, other than that, like, I didn't see – anything terrible out of anybody really for this Mavericks roster, Tim Hardaway, he played some. Yeah. I mean, I, I really think the only person who played bad tonight was probably Tim. And even at that, he had eight, he went eight for eight on free throws. It was more so just couldn't drain a shot. He was getting good opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I it, classic, like we saw, I think we saw a much more toned down Tim Hardaway junior type shots than we did in the first game against Phoenix. Um, but still, I mean, we saw those Tim Hardaway esque shots and, unfortunately they didn't fall in but i think had they been falling in this crowd probably would have blown the roof off of the aac so yeah i don't i mean the mavericks would have scored like over 150 if tim just hit like yeah threes, so um or like four threes yeah i mean if he would have had a productive shooting night but you know i thought nonetheless like a really good just team home opening win like this is exactly what you want 
um, after a heartbreaking loss of the sons like that, like this is what you need to get. This is like the catalyzation that you need for your season to like jumpstart it, get it going, you know, get the chemistry synchronized, get energy flowing between everybody on the team. Like this was the exact sort of win I thought I thought the Mavericks needed after that first game, and they got yeah. it. And it was. And, really and I think game. I think going to New Orleans on Tuesday, playing a, a really good New Orleans squad, like another I think two days in between well. games. Yeah, another two days. Yeah, they play on Tuesday night. Yeah. Uh, but I think that this win will bode over really well. Uh, having another TNT game, like I think that this game will be really, really well. Uh, I think this win is one you probably carry over for the next few weeks. No, yeah, most definitely. You can fall back on this, especially if the Mavericks start to go on a streak here. Whatsoever, like this was the genesis the spark. of that. Yeah, this was the spark. But I mean, yeah, one of really fun game to go to, really fun game to cover. And I am excited to see what, you know, happens going forward we'll have another pod um probably are we just so you said they played they play um Tuesday night. Like I, I figured we'd probably do one monday yeah if we get a chance we'll do one monday night um if not we'll definitely be back tuesday night but we would preferably we'll try to be back tomorrow night um if we we're able to get a pod out before the pelicans game that's when uh, that one's probably going to be more focused on just sort of the state of the team you know maybe we could talk about questions that arise from the mavericks like and just in terms of like pro, pro, um, projecting like because you know in between games last time we did a podcast just sort of about like the questions in terms of like oh what do the mavericks need to address you know going forward throughout this next season but you know we could project this one you know just given revisionist history and what have you we could you know talk about some positives like Oh, like what if Christian Wood really is this good? What is Christian Wood looking like as an all? Um, if he has an All Star campaign, what could this Mavericks team look like? I mean, there there's some like really positive things that you could also spin off from this game that we didn't really even get into on this podcast that I think are really good provocative discussion topics. So, yeah, I mean, stay tuned for that. We'll um, we'll see if we um, do that or if we just come back after the Pelicans game. But we'll let you guys know. Uh, do you have anything else before we end the podcast, Jaren? I do not. All right. Well, with that being said, follow us on Twitter at Mainstream underscore Mavs. Make sure to listen to us on um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening at. Make sure to rate us and give us a five-star review if you, so are, if you are so inclined and you enjoy us. Thank you for listening this far in the podcast. We really enjoy um, hearing you guys' feedback. We appreciate we met Chicken Man at the game. Sorry, shout out to him. It was really fun um, getting to go to the game. We hope to meet more of you guys as we go to more games in the future. And we love engaging with you guys on Twitter. Um, But besides that, y'all have a good Sunday evening or whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to this on Monday, and we will catch you guys in the next one. Bye-bye.